Hello, everybody. This is John Adolfi, a.k.a. Real Estate Man, fighting real estate crime since 1979. And we're going to give you two things tonight on this today on this uh, podcast. Number one, we're going to answer a question that someone had about landlord laws. And then we're going to just get you updated in regards to how the real estate industry is faring uh, here, in the, at least in the local market of central New York. And what they're doing to list houses, show houses, sell houses, close houses, home inspections, appraisers, as it relates to the coronavirus and Governor Cuomo's um, uh, lockdown. So let me uh, begin by answering someone's question on landlording laws. And the question is, what impact have you seen, if any, uh, from the new eviction laws and what impact has had this on rental property markets? Well, I'll give you anecdotal firsthand information as far as what I can, what I've seen. These new landlord laws, specific to New York State, were enacted in July of 2019. Two things that affect our central New York market the most is the amount of time that you have to wait before you can ask someone to leave dependent on how long they have lived there and how much time you have to in order to raise rent, a little bit about deposits, so I'm going to talk about three or four things, and um, the eviction process. So since they instituted the new landlord laws, uh, number one, you cannot collect a pet deposit. You can only collect the first month's rent. That's it. Nothing more. Now, somebody asked me, can you uh, charge more per month for rent? I don't know. <laughs> okay. So that $25, which is a fee that seems that a lot of people charge extra for having a pet, um, you're going to have to check with somebody else. I don't know. But when it comes to the deposit up front for pet fee, like 200 300 or whatever that may be, no longer can that be charged. Okay. Regarding raising rent and evictions, they both have the same timeline. And let me explain what that means. You cannot ask somebody to vacate, uh, obviously, for less than 30 days, okay? So it's got to be 30 days if they've been there for less than one year. What that means is, is that 31 days out, if they've lived there a year or less, you have to hand them in writing a, hey, man, you got to leave letter, Okay. 31 days. Because like, for instance, if you, let's say it's June 1st that you want them to begin that clock of 30 days to leave. You have to get in their hands before June 1st, i.e. May 31st, the letter to begin the 30-day process. You can give it to them even before that if you want. But the process begins June 1st. If you want to give it to them on the 20th of May, you can, but it's not the 20th May to June 20th, 30 days. It doesn't work that way. It be, the 30 days begins at the beginning of the month. Okay. The second, the, okay, so that's if they've been there for a year or less. If they've been there from one to two years, you have to give them a 60-day notice. And if they've been there three years or more, a 90-day notice. Now, that 30, 60, and 90-day applies also if you're going to raise the rent. Say you have a month-to-month, -month, 
and you're getting $800 a month and you want to raise it to 900. They've been there for three years. You give them the notice on, let's say, March, March uh, or February 28th, March, April, May, June 1st. You can go ahead and expect that increase if they decide to stay there. That's right. 30, 60, 90 days, one, two, three years they've been there for raising their rent. Uh, eviction process. The eviction process, in my estimation, from what I've you know told, been told from number of people that have had to go through with it, especially in the Syracuse market, they could get somebody out, depending on the situation, anywhere between three days to maybe a little over a month. But typically, I would hear two weeks and they're gone. I've heard as little as two day, three days. I've heard as much as a little over a month. With the new landlord laws, unless you do a keys for cash, and I'll explain what that means in just a second, you can count on the process taking somewhere between, and we added it up, between the absolute minimum time. If everybody involved in the chain of command, you know, from the sheriff and everybody that's involved in it, in it, you know, the, the, um, uh, the attorneys and, um, you know, the, the police, everybody that's involved in the eviction process, 45 days, approximately 45 days. That's the earliest you're going to get somebody out. And the latter part of that 40, actually 47 days and the, and the longest, and I'm not saying it can't go longer than this, but if everybody kind of did their job on the other end of the timing spectrum, 75 days. So 47 to 75 days is what it takes to evict. Now, if that changes at some point from this recording, and I'm recording this um, on April 11th, 2020, then so be it. But that's how it is right now. Keys for cash. This is kind of a cool way of getting somebody out of there not, and making it not and making it cost you less. And sometimes it may feel like it's going against your principle, especially if they've been a naughty tenant. And it goes something like this. Hey, if you leave by such and such a date, let's say it's two weeks. If you leave by two weeks, and not only will I, and you leave the place broom clean, not only give you your security, <clears throat> excuse me, security deposit back, but I'll give you 200 bucks for moving expenses or $300 for moving expenses. That can be better than getting nothing for 45 days to 75 days. Do you see what I'm saying? Especially if the rent's like eight, 900, 1,000 a month. Give them something. Get them out of there. It's, it's better in the long run. Okay. So that's a little bit about the landlording laws. Now, let's talk about what's going on with the coronavirus and how it's affected the real estate market. You know, we're about three, three four weeks uh, into the um, uh, time period when, uh, not when the governor shut everything down, but when everything was, well, when, yeah, when his order went into effect, um, and shut everything down except for essential. Uh, real estate was not considered essential. The national, uh, the New York State Association of Realtors appealed to the governor, and so did a bunch of other different um, banking organizations, appraisers, and uh, I believe the home inspectors did as well, is my guess. I don't know that for a fact, but um, they all got exceptions after a couple of weeks. Um, the uh, appraisers can now enter into a home. Um, utilizing obviously social distancing and whatever other precautions they they make, and of course, you know the homeowner has some uh, part to play in this as well too. They'll most likely vacate, and then the appraiser will go in there and do their thing. Home inspectors have been given an exception as well too. This is just recently. 
All right. Uh, realtors were given an exception too. And then um, they still have an exception, but then they kind of, they held, they um, pulled in the reins a little bit just last week. And uh, they said that, um, but only through virtual tours. Now they went from really restrictive virtual tours to go ahead and show up with social distancing, distancing to then back to virtual tour, but not as strict virtual tour. And it's kind of hard to explain what that means, but I'll try. What it means is, is that, for instance, if it's a vacant house, I can go in with my phone and do um, a Skype call or a uh, virtual, some sort of visual, audiovisual call uh, with iPhone, it's FaceTime, with my client who's in a remote area, wherever they are. They have just can't be there on the premises. And then you can go through it and personalize the tour. They can, hey, can we see over here? What's that I'm looking at? And you can answer questions. Uh, and they go through the house that way. Some people um, who are not allowing access, who have uh, you know, 30, 20, 30 pictures or whatever online, uh, people are putting offers in. I've seen this. <laughs> they had six offers on one house. Three of them were cash over the asking price. It was kind of underpriced to begin with, I have to say. <clears throat> So they're figuring it out. They're figuring out how to do it. When they lifted the restriction for a little bit, uh, what the realtors were doing is they were showing up at the house. The people inside were gone, you know, and the realtor would open up the door and then the people would go through and then the realtor would lock the door and the people would go their way and the realtor would go their way and then they would talk later on, um, you know, on the phone. So now, um, unless your realtor does a virtual open house or a virtual tour of some sort or a video, uh, you know, photos are going to be the only way that people are going to be able to see the property. Uh, what I do and have done since 2009 is, um, is a video uh, virtual tour uh, where I go through anywhere between five to eight minutes and uh, talk like I'm talking like right now as I go through the house explaining what they're seeing. Uh, and I still do that with my listings. Um, to uh, give people a sneak preview of what's going on inside. It's really cool. What's really great about video, now obviously it's filling a, a much greater need these days, but before this uh, crisis happened, what was cool about video is that you get to see one thing that you can't tell through photos, and that is layout. <laughs> layout. And you can also get a better idea what the condition of a property truly is. Look, I'm not saying that somebody hasn't taken a photo in such a way to enhance the uh, the property by not showing certain things, you know, and then you get there and go, oh, how come that huge hole in the wall wasn't in the photo? You know, I'm not saying that people haven't deliberately done that, but photos themselves really do have a tendency and it's not any fault of the photographer, just the nature of the beast. Um, photos have a tendency of showing the property in a better light. Uh, you know, it just, it just looks better in the photos than when you get there. And many, many, many people will attest to that very thing that, oh, when I got there, it was terrible, but the photos made it look so good. Well, not all the time is there a deception going on. Sometimes it's just plain. That's the way it works with photos. But when you have photos and video, um, even pre coronavirus, it was, it's great to have both. Um, now more than ever, it's great to have them both because it's just so important to be able to do, you know, some people are making decisions based on, like I said, photos alone. So video really super important. And, um, 
So that's how they're doing it. So when it comes to the vacant properties, that's kind of cool because you don't have a homeowner there. You have a bank that owns it or a government like a HUD home own, you know, owns the property. There's nobody living there. And so there's a little bit more uh, accessibility. Let me just put it that way for that. And there's a number of things that the realtors are doing in order to um, make it as easy as possible for people to be able to get inside and uh, take a look around. So, you know, focus, um, I'm not saying don't focus on owner-occupant type homes. I mean, homes where there's people in it. Uh, it does make it a little bit more difficult when there's tenants. I just want to say that. I mean, to ask the tenants to leave their premises so that some stranger can come in their house that have no idea what kind of germs they may be carrying, uh, there's nothing in it for them, you see. So there's a lot less incentive for tenants to allow people in. So my order of hierarchy of seen homes are going to be your bank-owned homes, government homes, and then vacant property that's owned by an owner, okay? And then homes that are owned by an owner that are living in it and say they are willing to vacate and allow your realtor to go through with a video and do a video chat with you. So right now, that's the way it stands. That may be subject to change. I know President Trump is looking to possibly lift a, a federal, you know, uh, mandate or ban or whatever, you know, uh, you know, April 30th, but that still remains to be seen. And New York State, of course, has its own thing going on. So we'll see what happens uh, as we move forward here. So that's a little update on what's happening in the marketplace. And before you ask, the answer is, it's yet to remain, remains to be seen. And that question that people are asking is, is it affecting the market values? Remember, this shutdown has only been, you know, we're going into our fourth week. It's only been three weeks. And right now it's more or less kind of paralyzed everything than it has really affected property values. That That's from my perspective at this point. It's only been 21 days, okay? And remember, this is not like one sector being affected. Like when we had the oil crisis, you know, that's one sector and it and it affected a lot of different sectors, but it was one sector that was being directly affected. In this case, everybody's being affected in some way or another. So we're kind of in this boat collectively. So if prices freeze, so to speak, um, that won't surprise me. And then when everything becomes a, a, a more safer, healthier environment for people to be able to transact and to move about more freely, then uh, who knows, maybe we'll even see a, um, a buyer's market for a little while, meaning that there's going to be more properties than, uh, than buyers out there. But uh, that, again, remains to be seen. Well, we covered a lot here. I want to thank everyone for listening. Um, how you can get a hold of me, I just want to, or anyone in our office, call our office 315-695-6434, our website. And by the way, we're, we're creating, my wife is, I'm really proud of her. Kristen is, is um, learning website design. It's not that I'm cheap because I have um, spent quite a bit of money on website design, but we're finding that today you can kind of uh, mess around yourself with some of the modules and stuff that you can put together. And we're just kind of, we were just playing with it just so that we could see what we could do in the interim. And all of a sudden we're like going, oh, this is kind of cool. So our, sorry, that is a, a long introduction to our website. It's www.adolfi.com. But the really cool thing is jump over to our YouTube channel. That's adolfiyoutube.com, A-D-O-L-F-I, youtube.com. And when you click the red subscribe button, make sure when you see that little bell nearby, ring-a-ling that, click on it, because if you don't, you won't get alerted. Each time we put up a new video, 
you'll get alerted when we do. And we've got almost 1,200 videos on there since 2009. So, you know, and most of them are all sold, but um, check it out and uh, take your virtual tours and feel free to give us a call. If you have any questions, call or text us at that number. Uh, happy to help in any way we can uh, as we get through this and beyond. Uh, and uh, look for upcoming episodes that we'll talk more about this. Well, I want to focus on listing your house uh, during the coronavirus uh, era that we're going through, period, or whatever. I want to talk a little bit about how you can uh, super enhance uh, exposure and the process of listing a house uh, during this time period. I'll have that off in the next few days uh, this coming week. Uh, again, it's um, it's April 11th, uh, 2020, and I'm recording this in my mother-in-law's spare bedroom where there is a mountain of toilet paper. Don't anybody say, tell them I said that. Okay. You guys take care. Have a great day and stay safe. Okay.